Okay, welcome back to the long hiatus of the sample hour through COVID-19. I couldn't think of a better way to start it back up because, let's see, I met you in the, well, I first heard you on the Cryptology podcast. Yeah, with uh, Carl. With Carl and with my man Elgin, yeah. Yeah, so I don't think the one I first listened to, Elgin was on, I think the first one I listened to was when they had Hotep Jesus on and I was prepping to interview him. Oh, yeah, and I think... um, that was when Elgin wasn't with us. Okay. This I think. Well, the second one I listened to was when I first joined the options gang because yeah. of Dope Dubes. And so when I joined the gang, uh, people were talking about Carl on the podcast. And I didn't yeah. even know he had a podcast. Like, I didn't make the, I didn't connect make, the dots. You didn't make the connection. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's funny because, um, you know, I like... All my friends know, like, I don't like attention, you know, because um, I just don't care. I don't really give a fuck about most people's opinion about anything, you know, yeah. just like I don't think they should give a shit about my opinion. Like, who gives a fuck, you know? Yeah. Um. So I don't like attention. Um. I like to be well known amongst the people that matter. You know, when I say the people that matter, the people that I do business with, my family, friends, the community that I'm in. Because I'm doing shit, right? Like, yeah. if I'm well-known, I want it to be for a reason. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I think we have a lot of people who just want to be famous for the sake of being famous because it gets you things, right? Like, we live in the attention economy, so I get it. Yeah. It's just not my thing. So well, I was thinking about it like know. this the other day. So I was thinking about it like... Uh, Oh, so for the introduction, because this is how me and Dutch talk. We've been yeah, doing. We we've been over, having these talks for. We all over the place. Yeah, yeah, we we'll go all you. over the place. So we we thought we should start recording these because I yeah. come up to handle the grocery stores that I started selling yeah. to in Toledo. Yeah, and I was like, I saw you in the options gang, and it was yeah. like, I wonder if this dude Dutch is ever going to come the in. Same Cause, dude, yeah, yeah, because I was yeah. looking for you on Twitter, and it looked like you'd gotten your account banned. They like got me banned, and my OG account was <laughs> yeah. like, you know, they banned me. I don't even know why they banned me, um, but who cares? You know, it's just because I really resonated because the second podcast I heard when I first joined the gang yeah. was you talking about your sales experience, and I was like, oh, I, I would. I was in a shitty, I've been in plenty of shitty yeah. sales jobs yeah. and got like dealt, oh, you can, you're going to have to go here. And it's like, yeah, what are you going to do? Everybody yep. complains you can't yep. make money there. And then you'll figure yeah. out the way to make yep. money. Then Absolutely. everybody wants your territory. Yeah. Listen, it's crazy, right? Because um, what I think happens too is that, um, you know, you, like you get so many people who, who have never really had um, like the seminal experience, I call it, right? I think I think everybody needs to have certain experiences because I think they really ground you as a person. Like I think having a sales gig is important, right? Because yeah. um, it kind of humbles you. Yeah. Because what I what I think most people don't understand is that, excuse me, the really good salesmen don't really sell. No. You know, and that's what I kind of had to learn, right? Because you're thinking that, oh, you know, I'm telling these people what a great product this is, right? But the reality is, it doesn't matter how great a product is if I don't incentivize the person, right? Like, why should they buy this, right? Like, what is it going to do for them? Not what is it going to do for me? Yeah. And I think most people don't get that, you know? So yeah. So we try to talk about how great the product is but that really doesn't matter it's like you got to tap into the psychology of what the person on the other side wants right and you got to and that means you have to develop a rapport at least in my experience right i don't like i don't like a hard sell no you know anytime somebody comes at me with a hard sell that's a guarantee of no sell because i'm like dude get the fuck out my face like yeah the hard sell i don't need you to tell me why like i i'm already here like nah i'm good like i'm gonna buy this shit any fucking way i don't need you to you know come in like oh my god you know you're the greatest guy nah right so what does it mean so you have to kind of i found that for me right like respecting the person that's buying is what actually matters right like manners yeah man and you know i've done a number of jobs in sales right because you know just for the sake of background for people who 
I mean, I'm assuming nobody knows who the fuck I am, so let me just. Start well, we'll by plug this in the options, gang. So oh yeah, but you know, that. just yeah, for the yeah. sake of people that are listening, listening that don't yeah. aren't aware of how we know each other, yeah. right? Um, you know, I I did a bunch of um, jobs, you know, after I left high school, right? Because I was kind of like I'm not gonna say. Yeah, I mean, I could say I was I, like the word lost. I mean. That's not really the right word because You're it wasn't finding your way. Yeah, exactly. It wasn't like I was lo- like doing a bunch of crazy. Well, I was doing a bunch of crazy. Well, I mean, but I you know what I mean. Like, I think I, any young man has to go find his way. Yeah, you you find your. So I guess I was just wandering, right? Because that's what I like to call it. You kind of, yeah, I was wandering and then I was lost. So yeah, that that I could kind of say that. But you know, you 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 don't have an education right beyond high school, right? And um. Yeah, that gets kind of tough, you know, unless you're, like, really skilled. And I wasn't a skilled laborer, right? And um, the crazy part is, had I been a skilled laborer, I probably wouldn't have had these great stories. Or I might have had different stories, I would say, because I think just being a person, like, I like being around people, you know? I like people, you know, in that way. Um, and I don't mind, I like connecting with people, because that's, that's what makes life meaningful, you know, finding connections with people, right? And, yeah. and that's, that's, also, that's also how you make money, you yeah. know? Um, one of my one of my being mentors. able to have nuanced conversations yeah, yeah, with different yeah, cultures absolutely and me and my mentor used to always tell me he said you know i don't invest in companies i invest in people yeah and i never forgot that because that's that became even more apparent to me later on in life but you know we're back to the to the shitty job thing um it's not even shitty jobs because i think a lot of times too um the truth is you know we get really arrogant and we're really we're really we're really entitled, all of us, myself, yeah. you know, like, you deserve this. Well, based on what? You know, like, why? Because your mother says you're the greatest yeah. or your, your girl or your boyfriend says you're dope? Like, based on what? You know, like, yeah, I think no one, obvi- I don't think anyone, especially in America, which to me is the greatest country in the world, right? For me. Yeah, for me people too. Can other, you know, I, I, it's a free country, so you can agree to disagree, right? But to me, it's great. Um in the sense that I think it's the only place that's an experiment. And I think even though at this particular time it seems very hopeless, right, to some people and to many people because, you know, you have, you know, you have, um, you obviously have COVID, which is fucked up. You know, you got people dying and, and, you know, we can get into that later in terms of how, how that should have been handled or should be handled. And you got, you got what I call extractive crony capitalism. Yeah. Um, we're killing the small business. Corporatism. And small bi- yeah, and the small business is the lifeblood of America, right? Um, and, you know, so you have people who are very down on that, and rightfully so, and I think, but I still think that because we are an experiment, it's a work in progress. And I think particularly, you know, for those, obviously this is not on video, so people don't know, but I'm a black man, um, and particularly for black people and people of color, I hate that word, but non-white people, um, you know, there are disadvantages and fucked up shit that's happened and is happening still, right? But if you pull back and look at it historically, it's actually a very short time that this country has been in in existence. And so I think that there is still hope um, every day that we can change things and make things better and um, yeah, that's you know that's just that's just why I think it's a great country because it's still an experiment, right? And yeah, there's a lot of shit against us, but there's a lot of us, you yeah. know. And if we decide that we want to work together outside of the the purview of these fucking corporate donkeys, we can do that. Is it going to be easy? Of course not. It's fucking tough. It's hard, and it's going to take some sacrifice. And the people that are doing it might not see, you know, the ultimate benefit of it, right? Like. If you're like in your 30s, you know, if you're over 30, I should say, you know, 40s, 50s, like myself, um, the stuff you're doing now, you're not going to be the one to benefit from it the most. And that's okay, because I think that's, that's just the arc of human history, right? But we're so into this mode of like, well, I'm working, so I want it now. And yeah. You know, you got to treat yourself. I get it. It's human nature, right? Like you're working your ass off. You want some nice shit. I get it. But, you know, there's also like a trade-off, right? Like you got to 
think of the greater good and you know greater good like your family first and then your neighborhood your community blah 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 yeah. right and so that right and i know i've been all over the place but what i'm what i'm getting at is that people think like oh you know i got a degree i deserve this and it's like no not really <laughs> You know, nobody owes you a fucking job. Nobody owes you shit. And it's like, I think, you know, when you when you come from humble beginnings, like I come from and you come from, both of us come from, and many people and most of us, right? Yeah. Um, I think what happens is you kind of get lulled into a false sense of entitlement, like you deserve something because you went to school and, yeah, you know, um, you went to college or you do this job that the people that you grew up with didn't do so you deserve more than them yeah and the thing that i love about life right and this is going to sound crazy but i love how life kind of slaps you around you know um and humbles you right because you need that yeah sharpens sharpens the saw as uh, stephen covey would say yeah you know you 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 start to think that you know you you should be above the shit that life throws at people that you consider less than you right and the truth is man um what i learned is that you know if you if you have something good happen to you and you don't ask why me then you damn sure shouldn't be asking that shit if something bad happens (laughs) right and the reality is you should never ask why me because the truth is whatever is happening is what is supposed to happen yeah, I, I mean, I, I always think I, I kind of fell into this, like... Uh, we all do. Like, I, well, I would say this, like, my... my uh, for me, like, I, I try to be pretty Taoist philosophically, you know? Like, maybe this is good, maybe this is bad. Maybe you just don't know right now. Like, from the outside, like, I was making, like, when we look at my job, from the outside, anybody that didn't know, or even probably people that knew I was trying to start a farm, right? Mm-hmm. I was here. I am at Time Warner making, you know, six figures a year, easy job, um, being pretty smart with my money, doing entrepreneurial ventures. People see me going to, you know, California and meeting famous people. You know, we talked about like not wanting to be famous, seeing the privately, seeing the seeing the, the wizard behind the, the man behind the curtain and saying, yeah, that I don't think for me, that's man. for me. Yeah. No, I, I, I think it's cool to like know some of these people that I appreciate their work like. I remember I went to uh, I went to L.A. for the first time, and as soon as I got there, within like two hours, I'm sitting in Jay Moore's radio studio, and I grew up loving Jay, like thinking Jay Moore was hilarious and shit. And just sitting in there, and he's talking about me on the radio, and like I had two people text me, like Drew from Columbia, man. I had this weird feeling this is you. I'm like that's me, and then yeah. there's some photo of me in Twitter with me and Jay Moore <laughs> and shit. And it's just like that that was cool, right? It was cool, but you know, at the end of the day, cool doesn't pay my fucking bills. Yeah. Were you uh how long were you in a, was that your first time in that LA? That was my first time in LA. Have you been since? Yeah, I went again and uh, How many times have you been? Twice. Okay. Yeah, but long I was long stay or short stays? Short stays. So I went to well the first day the first time I went there I was actually going to San Diego for a conference for small scale farming. And my buddy Red Band, who helped start the Joe Rogan experience, was like, yo, you should come. Bill Burr's going to be here. Bill Burr's uh, a funny Rogan's going to be there. All this stuff. You know, I want you to come out. And I said, hey, man, I really appreciate it, but I'm here for business. Like, I got to, like, yeah. this comedy, like, doing the comedy shows, we had cool fucking parties, like, wild parties, dude. I mean, it was just crazy experiences in Toronto, like, and it was Toronto's a fun city. It really is. And I was thinking about it today. It's when really I got attractive. Out, when I got there. out, when I got outside today to walk to you oh, out of my def- car. Well, shit, man, we are two blocks away. Oh. So we're recording this in my office. Yeah. And, you know, my man Drew came down and like, this is like, I want to say this is almost like a ritual for us. Now, every yeah. couple of weeks he comes through with my shipment of dough proteins <laughs> and all that. Yeah. Right. And we're like two blocks away from the fucking lake, man. Oh, you know, yeah. This is a different. This is a different animal. It's cold. I have a jacket, right? Yeah. So it's funny. I have a jacket that I bought. Like my niece and I were walking down the street in Soho. You've been in New York, Soho. Yeah. For anybody who hasn't been to New York, Soho is like where all the dope brands are, like all the expensive shit. So I'm walking with my niece, and she goes into the store. And I remember this this particular store. 
is a brand that my ex-girlfriend bought a bunch of shit from. And I was like, oh, this is pretty, I know this brand. This is a good brand. Yeah. It's expensive. She's like, you know, she's like, Uncle Raul, you got to just get a coat because I'm tired of you with this coat. I'm like, okay. So I go and get the coat. Coat's expensive. Um, but it's worth it. I swear to you, I've had the coat about three, four years because it's not, it doesn't get, it doesn't get cold enough in New York for me to wear it. Yeah. I came to Detroit. I wear that shit every day. <laughs> Dude, it's the wind. It's a, the, the wind, wind is, blows right through anything you're no, wearing. It's man. a fact. And it's so if you like, ain't got no real like, see the thing about New York is New York gets cold, but I don't know if it's because of global warming, but we really don't get those days. Like most days in New York, I guess it, it's just a different cold. Well, it's city, like Boston, and Boston is a different type of cold. Yeah. Michigan is a different type of cold. It's just different. The Midwest cold is a different animal. It really, yeah. The wind chill, especially, and you're on the lake. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah once you get to, but anyway, no, Toronto. it's cool. Yeah. So yeah. we're there, you know, and just freezing, walking. I remember we had to walk from shows. The comics are in town from LA, just freezing their dicks off. Of course, of course. And I'm looking around, and I could see. We're going to the after party, and I can see people's like psychedelic drugs starting to kick, and I'm like, "Yeah, all right, man, time to herd some cats. Let's yeah. get going." Yeah, and I'm just yeah. like, yeah, but, up. but it was fun, man. Yeah. You know, like, and it was like, but it was, but it's all temporary. You knew was, that it wasn't yeah, gonna be your and I, life and I, forever. And I, and I knew that this this good job with good benefits mm-hmm. and you know good schedule, forty hours a week. I knew that wasn't gonna last. I right. knew it when I took the job. Right. I was like, no, nah, these. I've been in telecom long enough. Right. They're either gonna, they're either gonna pay me really well. Right. And then once they start paying me, mm-hmm. they're gonna start cutting my pay. Of course. Or they're gonna lay us off because that's course. what that's what they do. What nobody at any big corporation is sitting in a room in a boardroom meeting saying, "How can we pay our employees more money?" <laughs> Listen, <laughs> and, and and so it's interesting, right? Because, and this is where. I always, um, have like a different opinion on, on things, right? And this, sorry, this is where I fear off of my, my, my hyper capitalist or diehard capitalist lane that I'm firmly entrenched in, right? Yeah. Because, because to me, being a good boss is just good business. Yeah. And yeah, look, getting people to do anything yeah is tough, yeah. right? But um, incentivizing is important. But I, I think, like I don't, you know, obviously I don't have a billion dollars, right? You know, just in case anybody didn't know. <laughs> um, but I, you know, I think often about like what if, right? Like, and people always say, oh, if you had it, you'd be just like them. And I'm, I'm like, I don't think so because I think. Um, you know, I've been fortunate um, to have made some really good money in my time, you know, six figures, high six figures, and fucked it all off and lost it. And, doing, and you know, I fucked, yeah. up, I fucked some of it off. I lost some of it. I took risk with most of it, and it didn't work, right? Yeah. And people, um, and that's also the part about making money that people don't tell you, that the part about making money that's the most important is the ability to afford to be able to afford risks. Right? Yeah. So, and affording, not just monetarily, but really psychologically, right? Because it fucks with you, right? Yeah. Um, but but I digress. But getting back to, to the thing about money, um, I've, made, I've made a lot of money, especially for somebody coming from where I come from. I made more money than anybody in my family. I made more money than my, my highly educated siblings. Um, you know, I've made well over two, three, four hundred thousand dollars, right? Doing business. Um, and then obviously, you know, you don't get all of that, but you get most of that, right? Yeah. And you know, I've never been greedy. It listen, people will tell you anything about me. I don't lie and I'm I'm not greedy, you know. Um I would say people would describe me that way too. Yeah, I don't lie. You know, I'm honest. I'm honest and I'm not greedy, you know. And I and you know, I've always been a person that um, I think one of my biggest strengths and sometimes also my biggest flaw, because that's just how it works, right? A wise man says uh, a curse and a gift are the same. It's all about the application, right? And I've always wanted to do things together um, because I came. And I think, you know, as I, if, I, if I was to self-analyze myself, 
um, psychologically, I would say that's because I came from a, a family of divorce. Yeah. And our family was kind of ripped apart. So I've always wanted to create that 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 togetherness. You know same. what I mean? I, I, would, I would say I feel the same way. You know? Yeah, yeah. So I've always wanted to do things together, you know? Yeah. And um, that's, that's always been something that I've wanted because I, I know that you can't go alone. Um, but that is also how a lot of shit went wrong. Right, because I just had the wrong people. And what I realized, right, is that um, things went wrong, not because I was a bad person or because I had bad ideas. I just had a, a team that wasn't optimal. Yeah. And I'm finally in a place where I have that, right? So, again, pardon the digression, but the reason I say all of that is because when you are on a team, the biggest thing is to to break bread. Yeah. And... We, we are in a weird time because the people that, that we, and when I say we, meaning the proletariat, right, us regular folk. Yeah. Because I'm definitely just a regular motherfucker, you know. I ain't, yeah. I ain't, I'm a nobody, right, in the grand scheme, you know. And I, I don't say that because I don't think highly of myself, but I say that knowing the way the system is set up, right. Yeah. And, and I know human nature because the very same people, right, that are just in our group of regular folk, that hate these billionaires, right? What they really hate is the billionaire's ability to do the shit that they wish they could do. That's right. And it's not even the money. It's they the just like the fact that those people can shit on people. Because you and I are regular motherfuckers, man. Bro, yeah. I know that we can both tell crazy stories about working with people at regular shitty-ass jobs, and these motherfuckers were power-hungry, oh, yeah. making... You know, we might be making 15 an hour and they're making 18 and being a supervisor and they're like fucking dictators. Yeah. To the point where people are like, man, I want to kill this motherfucker. Yeah. You know, because they're and, and, you know, when you see that, right, you kind of think like, man, you know, the reality is we need to have a system where. We kind of mitigate someone's ability to shit on us, yeah. <laughs> you know, because it's human nature. I don't. Not all, because again, usually the biggest group of people was cool. Yeah. It was one or two motherfuckers that got power hungry. Yeah. You know? And so how do you how do you keep people from being power hungry? You know, and how do you keep people from not breaking bread? And then it comes down to taxes, right? And I think, you know, you and I have talked long enough now to kind of know where each other is at politically. Yeah. I'm actually like I'm actually not against any of that shit. Like, bro, if I'm making a hundred million dollars, little little me from fucking McAllister and Central in San Francisco, humble beginnings, high school fuck up. Father was a, a janitor, security guard. My mother cleaned houses and became a nurse. My father ended up working his way up to be a, a, a damn accountant at a hotel, you know, so not not upper class at all, regular working class yeah, folk. Yeah. Bro, you think I would care if the government was like, hey man, you're making a hundred million, bro. You're gonna have to look, homie, you gotta, you know, you gotta break bread. I'd be like, yo, sure. You know, it's more money than I've ever had. Yeah. And I'm smart enough to do other shit, you know, so I wouldn't even care. You know, let me rephrase that. Of course, I'd be like, damn. Yeah. Right? Because I'm not, I'm, a, I'm like that now. Yeah. But it wouldn't make me, I wouldn't try to stop it, you know? And it's just a, because yeah. I, I get it, man. Well, I'm like, it's I'm a, like. To me, it's a game that you got to learn how to play. Yeah. And it's like, you, obviously, I think most people wouldn't mind paying taxes if they actually knew what the money was going to. Yeah, we just don't have as much oversight. We you don't. Know? And, and I think also we don't understand the world. Yeah. And I think that's the biggest issue about America, right? But but yeah, because we're so different. We to be we, we we are a different animal from other countries. Yeah. We're actually the most We have the most access to information, but we're the least informed. Yeah, well, how many think, when you look at how many Americans don't have passports? Yeah, well, not even that, brother. Let's slow down. Yeah. How many Americans don't even have internet access that steady? Yeah. That's true. I mean, especially, I mean, it's getting out to, that's what's funny is like, there's like, I, I told you 
I've told, I mean, I tell a lot of people where my, one of my grandfather's family's from grandfather. Mm -hmm. I said, grandfather, <laughs> this new word in Kentucky, man, it's still 20 minutes away from cell phone service, but they do now have high speed internet finally. Yeah. And but, but it's still just like satellites. So mm -hmm. it's still not, yeah, it's still not that great. So most it's like HughesNet or some bullshit yeah. like that. Yeah. Listen, um, you know, and I think, I think that our current situation, right, is why we are, is, sorry, I, we're in our current situation because of the lack of access and education. Yeah. Because look, I think, I always say this, right? I don't believe in conspiracy theories. The reason why, the truth is fucked up enough. Yeah. You know, like, like I don't believe the government's doing anything. Like, I don't believe the government does any of the shit that people say they do. You know why? Because I know what the government's actually doing, and it's even more fucked up. Yeah. You know, so it's almost weird to me that we're so focused on this conspiracy shit when the reality is so fucked up. Like, for example, right, you're talking about Kentucky, which borders West Virginia. Most people don't even know that West Virginia had a fucked up-ass water crisis. Yeah. Right? The, at the same time that Flint was going on. And nobody cared. No one gave a fuck. And the reason why, right, is because we've got the meat. The, the thing that people don't, don't get, what I think, right, is how divided the country is, but not the way people, not just the way people think, not the most obvious. Yeah. They think the country, like the obvious division would be black and white, right? Yeah. But that's too simple. It is. Um, also true. Yeah. But it's not. Let me rephrase that. That's simplifying the divisions, right? Yeah. And then what, what really bothers me, and I disagree, and I don't even discuss this with people, what, what really bothers me is um, the way that elite um, elites, right, which are mostly white, yeah, have been able to hijack concerns that black people have in order to kind of further their own agenda but at the and then make people think that oh this is agenda really for black people you and then know? but and also at the same time mm -hmm. while they're hijacking that well they hijack everything but right? then at the same time taking those poor whites in west virginia who are also mm. having water problems mm. and saying no it's those fucking hillbilly and rednecks they're the ones that are holding you down and yeah. it's those people out there of and, course and then those people think see they don't care about us all they care about are those black people and so then it's like this vicious yeah. cycle to keep the Well, yeah, because they don't care about, you know, because, yeah. again, if you look at, if you look at, the thing is, um, I forgot who, by the way, I love Twitter, because on Twitter you actually get real historians who tweet random shit, right, that you might have known about but don't know about, right? And as much as I make fun of uh, certain education, I think that education is important because we need people like that to chronicle what's going on in a real way. What they don't know as well is that, obviously, there were people who, who were um what's the word there have always there's always been racism yeah um in this country right it's based on that so i get that yeah but what i think also happens is that they don't tell you about a lot of the alliances that were formed between poor whites and poor blacks and then how those things were fucked up and then how you know they picked certain people in order to destabilize, right? Because the people that are in power, man, all they care about is staying in power. Yeah. They don't give a fuck who they have to use, right? Yeah. If look, man, if if elites have to, um, if if it's up to the elites, they will create anything to empower a a a, a vulnerable group if it means that their numbers will stay how they are, right? Yeah. Um. I mean, there's a book called How How uh, How Jews Became White. Like ethnic whites were not considered white, right? Th Thaddeus Russell's book, uh, what is it? The oh, shit, Renegade History of the United States. Mm -hmm. it, it covers all that right. stuff. Like, and he goes into yeah. Irish were the last to become white, but then even Thomas yeah. Sowell's book, yeah, uh, right. black rednecks, white liberals. Right. It talks about like when my people came up first to Absolutely. Detroit. Yeah, they got treated like shit first because we were different. Right, we were southern and right, and and and, it, and, it, and of course, of course, and again, right. And you know, but then they always the, have to have a bottom. So then the blacks come in and say, right. "Hey, Absolute. black means bottom." Absolutely, because it's always been that way, right? Yeah. And and I think, I think that the fact it's always been that way is 
changing. Yeah. But it's never going to change rapidly enough for us, right? And I say if you're black. Like, if you're black, it can't ever happen quick enough, right? And and that's sort of, and I'm all over the place per usual. It but, makes sense. It's all um, good. The, the, <laughs> the point is that it's harder to to think about historical shit when you're at home, the fucking roof is leaking, your mother just told you that there's no food, you know, your father's out of a job or your father's working and what he's working on isn't enough to feed the family. It's hard to say, oh yeah, you know, I was listening to this podcast and this dude Dutch was like, you know, don't worry, this is just like a, a small time in history. <laughs> like, yeah, you're like, yeah. man, fuck that motherfucker, right? Yeah. So, so I get all of that. Um, but it's hard to it's hard to 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 say that to somebody because the shit is happening to you, right? But the truth is, um, things have improved. They just haven't improved enough. And you know, the reason I, I bring that up is because I think the reason why to tie this fucking long ass story together, the reason why I wouldn't be mad about taxes because I would look at it like my commitment to making the life of people better. Like I've come to this yeah. country, right? And I've been fortunate enough to be able to make all that fucking money. So if you're telling me like, yo, man, your tuition, no, sorry, your your fee for making all that fucking money is these taxes and we're going to give it back so that people don't have to deal with this shit, right? That's that's at its best. I'd be like, yeah, you know, because I don't want to, I don't want to live in a world where I'm coming out of a nice place and there's people sleeping outside. Like, I don't think that should happen. We have the way yeah. to change that, right? And fix it. Or at the very least, people should have housing. You know, like people should have basics, housing, food. And then whatever happens from there is on them. You know, yeah. um, I don't think I don't I don't think that's 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 a bad thing. I don't think that that's taking away anything from me. I don't think that that's making America less un, less American. I think it's making us more American. But I think that for some reason we we have gotten all so entitled, you know, that we don't believe that we owe anything back to the country. Yeah. And I think that's that's really what bothers me. And I've always said this, you know, um, that I that I believe, historically speaking, these current wealthy class of people are the worst in history. Yeah, because here's the thing. Right. As fucked up as slave owners as were as fucked up as like your J.P. Morgan industrialist oligarchs were. Right. They had a selfish notion of like hey let me do some good to kind of hide how fucked up i am these motherfuckers are not even trying to do that yeah they're, they're just like fuck it well i mean look at sam walton's heirs and how yeah. i mean i they're just like fuck it right so yeah so, i've hung out with some trust fu- i think did so i tell I. you about the, so the trust I. funder yeah. i met in uh <laughs> spain and we ran the oh he, no he paid for our meal and stuff but yeah. dude was like Telling us how to smuggle drugs in the country and all this shit. Like, he was so wild. And then he's like, yeah, I'm going to go to rehab after this. This guy Dude, was, they've got nothing else to do. And this guy was in his 50s. He was an heir of uh, fucking uh, this meat company. It actually was originally in New York, and then they moved to Boar's Head. Oh. Yeah. And he that's was, crazy. And I hate Boar's Head. That shit sucks. Yeah, and he it's was way too much sodium. It's garbage. Abs- well, it's because mass produced. Of course, and that, yeah, and that the, shit is in every deli. And motherfuckers eat that shit. I'm like, how do you eat this shit? But again, yeah, you know that's that's it's what happens when you when you scale. Like it's just that the the cost to do things right isn't really scalable. Like you, it has a happy place, and then it's just like my business. Like if I tried to truly scale, it would it would. Uh, I mean, I can still scale bigger. But it'd be like I have to do it in a way so I don't lose quality, and it, and it, and that's I think the toughest thing. It is, and I think like there's 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 local restaurants I work with that, you know, they're all about good ingredients, the best ingredients, right? And then once it becomes down, I mean, at the end of the day, it's still about P and L, and it's Look, like if man. you can't hit your profit loss margins, you got to do what you got to do. Yeah, and I think especially so, with COVID. So. I, so I kind of want to let's get into that a little bit more, right? Yeah. Like you're a small business owner, uh so am I. Um I think what people don't understand is that these are really just jobs we created for ourselves. Yeah. You know? 
as my man um, Schoon always says, like, you a small business owner, you just create a job for yourself. I mean, it's, it's he didn't come up with that, but it's just a fact, right? Like, it's something that's... It's just even like know. rich dad, poor dad. Like, you're you're in the S quadrant, and you want to try to get to the B quadrant. Mm-hmm. B, like, I created an awesome job for myself doing this. And it's like, yeah. but I, I don't mind doing the job right now. But eventually, yeah. things are going to change. Yeah. I'm going to need to take a step back. Yeah. And when I do, it's not going to be the same. Right. Right. And I think what people don't understand, right? So, like, I remember um, my ex-girlfriend, she had a business that I helped with, right? And we I helped, helped her build, and it was an awesome business. And I remember talking to her, and she wanted to make, like, an oxtail sandwich. And shit was phenomenal, right? Yeah. But, like, in order to make the sandwich, right? I, and I'm, I'm just random giving a random number, but... I don't remember the exact number, but I remember thinking, like, yo, this sandwich should be, like, a $16 sandwich. Yeah. But who's really going to pay for that, right? They don't know what oxtail is, yeah. They don't know the, you know, they don't know, like, that it costs a lot. They don't understand how long it takes to cook, right? Mm -hmm. They don't know how long it's, like, in order to get oxtail to fall off the bone, that shit is, like, a long-ass fucking process. Even if you put it in an Instapot. Yeah. And she didn't use Instapot. She cooked it like on a bunch of pots on an industrial stove. Like That's real, awesome. Right? But how do you get how do you get somebody to pay sixteen dollars for a sandwich, right? Unless you're like someone who's who's got enough brand cachet to make it that. So so the sixteen so the truth is when you get by the time you get to the point where you can aff- when you when your name is good enough to charge $16 for a sandwich, you've put in 15 years of work. Yeah. But people don't get that. All they know is like, yo, I just I just saw you today here charging $16 for this fucking sandwich. You have no right to charge it. <laughs> right? And they don't think about the fact like, okay, well, first of all, each sandwich is probably like a pound of oxtail cooked down, right? So, if I'm paying you know, because I'm buying a thousand pounds, I'm paying thirteen dollars a pound. I'm really only making three dollars on this sandwich. And then I haven't even talked about the fact that the container that it's in, the sauce that I used to put it on, the vegetables that were made, the bread that it was on. Yeah. By the time I sell it to you, I'm really just making a dollar if I'm lucky. Yeah. And I got to sell a thousand of these just to make a thousand dollars. Meanwhile, to put the food truck up, to put the food stand up, to rent the commercial kitchen, to buy equipment. We have a bunch of sunk costs, meaning costs that you're not that that you have to make into the business. That's why they're called sunk because you're sinking money into the business. Yeah. So we're running red. By the time you get to the farmer's market or the con- convention hall or the food truck parking lot or the restaurant, I've spent 100000 right? And the meter is actually running. But the meter slows down by the time you, quote, unquote, open. And now what I'm trying to do is make the meter go back to green. Yeah. So I'm having to work at scale so i gotta sell a thousand sandwiches and what's my sweet spot for selling a thousand sandwiches not a 16 dollar price point hmm. but people don't get that right and, and i don't blame anybody it's not you know it's not i'm not mad i'm not like oh my god these stupid motherfuckers you know it's just like you don't know yeah. you don't understand so then like you said so then it became a thing where she was like yo I'm not gonna do this sandwich. I'm gonna do a chicken sandwich. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's more. And it was scalable. dope, right? And so then the chicken sandwich. Oh, you could do an oxtail special, though. There you go, right? But because but, once you build that brand, yeah. it's like, oh, oxtail. Yeah, I'll pay twenty bucks yeah, for an oxtail yeah, sandwich. Yeah, but it, because Matter I know fact, you. Yeah. Y- yes, I've had your other shit. It's and it's it's awesome. Like right. there's, a, there's a food truck in Columbus. Mm-hmm. Um, it's still one of the best barbecue joints, but mm-hmm. they struggle to keep just getting in the quality meat to make the Yo, best barbecue, absolutely. especially when they sell as much as they do. So they'll do like grass fed brisket on Sundays. And even then they'll sell out. I mean, they're, they're sold out. They'll do chicken wings. And the, and the guy actually started a, a farm 
a pig farm to to do his own to buy his own meat and he can't even afford to buy his own meat because he can't make the margins he needs to with his really good pork yeah but you can do specials with that and i think like the 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 restaurants that i worked with that kind of um and actually sucked because they ended up kind of having a fallen out but they were they were killing it and they weren't and they were using mainly my my crops and it was this tapas spot and they were just killing it Mm -hmm. and their food costs were way down because they were working with me and they was Mm -hmm. just a just constant revolving menu Mm -hmm. and then like it just kind of it was just tough with COVID, but it was like certain people have opened to back up from COVID and done better, and it's because they realized okay we have to change the way we think about this. Yo, it, it, listen, um, the truth is right. Yeah, the, just the things you learn. Yeah. So, um, I'm actually gonna open a restaurant, not a restaurant. I'm gonna open up a thing here it's not gonna be a restaurant it's just really gonna be it's just gonna be two smokers um two oil drum smokers that's awesome yeah just basic shit right chicken one side that's it chicken and one side and you're out of there right and the reason why is because the truth is the more variety you have the more fucking overhead you have it's too much it's too complicated yeah because look if i have one thing right what do they call it? The chefs call it like you could serve it four ways. You know, yeah. like if you got chicken, fried chicken, grilled chicken, smoked chicken, smoked chicken, broiled chicken. Yeah. But if I if I've got fish, and I don't sell, like it, it, it's just so many variables that go into a business, right? So the truth is, man, you want to keep it simple. And what I learned too is that, and I'm a huge. Japan person, like I love Japan, right? Because what I saw in Japan when I when I first started going is this ability for real craftsmen to take one thing and use that shit fifty different ways, and that's really the genius, right? Because it's it's kind of easy to just be like, oh yeah, I'm gonna do this one thing, and then I'm gonna do these fifty different things with fifty different ingredients. But think about how genius you gotta be to take a set of ingredients. And flip it a number of different ways, you know? Yeah. That's really where the genius lies, right? And I also think that we're kind of in a weird space now where people think that they want a lot. But have you noticed all of the branding is is getting more spared down? So you've got like a gazillion minimalist brands, which is completely like crazy, right? Excuse me. But it makes total sense. Because, again, like obviously knowing you now, I could say, yo, Drew. You know, we got the oil drums popping, you know, this whole weekend. Um, this week, I'm going to change it up. Bring me, you know, all the flank steak you got. Yeah. Like I might get a half a cow, like, you know, because we just going to get it popping. And this, the flank steak, that'll just be the only thing, you know. And then next week, it'll be something else. You know what I mean? But I can't be like, yo, Drew, bring me the ribeye. It's just chuck flank, da 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 yeah. And then I'm stuck with the shit. Yeah. You know, it's not like I'm at home cooking for a family and I'm like, yo, this is just what we're having for dinner. This is what we're eating. Nah, it's like, you don't want that. You came here for these wings. Yeah. You didn't come here for no fucking chuck eye. You didn't, you, yeah. you came here for the steak. Oh, man, I don't want no burgers. Yeah. You know, and people don't get that. If nobody's buying, there's an expiration date on the shit. Yeah. Yeah. That, it's, it's actually. After a while, it's just not good anymore. My one chef who I really like, like mm-hmm. he's, he's a creative dude and. Mm-hmm. He's working Columbus. We got a ton of um, it probably happened like the early late 90s, early mm-hmm. 2000s. We got like a second wave of like mm-hmm. immigrants from Mexico and they just started mm-hmm. working in all pretty much taking all the jobs that teenage kids would bitch and complain about because that right. shitty work ethics. Right. And so, you know, most his cooks like he's, his whole his whole mm-hmm. staff is like a whole family. Right. And then mm-hmm. they'll come in. And so the one guy was like, what should we do for this special? He goes, honestly, man. Right now, people aren't even ordering, eating in. Like, just make whatever we're going to eat that week. <laughs> and I, and that's just kind of the way to do it, like, these yeah. days. Like, if it's something you like, you never know. It might just take off. Just because yeah. somebody hears it, it's like, oh, man, do you have that? Yo, oh, that was just a weekly special. And, and it's crazy, right? Because as fucked up as COVID is, right? Dude, in some ways, it's been so. It was good for me. Yeah, it's been so productive for a lot of people. Yeah. Because, again, man, you f- I think you're f- 
again, it's fucked up, right? Because nobody wants to be inside, right? Like yeah. this also shows that as much as technology is a great thing, the world still comes down to human being in, interacting, oh, dude, right? Totally. That's something we talked about in the options gang. Is like yeah. when we first met. It's like <clears throat> yeah. what people don't get is when you come together and then you actually meet each other in person, yeah. and then and then it's like. Because when, when you're online talking to people, you're essentially, you're essentially just sharing your headspace with a person. And then it gets to this weird thing that they just become a part of your brain or just a part of your thoughts. And then when you actually Absolutely. meet them in person, you're like, oh, yep. no, this is, this is a different, this is a completely different human being. Yeah. And this is actually even more magical because we, we shared headspace before we shared physical space. Yeah, and it's, and it's context, right? It's context because it's like, um, you know, I could say something and you don't know me. Yeah. So you don't know you don't know how I meant that. You know, but now it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, when he says that he's just joking cuz he's smiling when he said that and I thought he was like really serious or whatever, but it's one of those things where I think um it's also shown that we need each other. You yeah. know, human beings need each other and and this is a tough thing because <clears throat> we got to balance the the needs of of business versus the needs of humanity and the truth is they're kind of intertwined. Yeah. Um because I think a lot of people what they don't realize is like look man if this continues a lot of you motherfuckers that think you're untouchable are going to get touched like no one's above not being no one's above being made obsolete. Yeah. And I think that we're being shown the value of the human interaction and how important it is to the way people function, you know, like it's really causing motherfuckers to lose their mind. They just don't realize it, right? But I see it. You see it. I, you, it's clear to people that, yo, that motherfucker, something's he ain't taking this too well. And I don't say that as a judgment, you know, because everybody has different needs. If you're saying that you don't need human conduct, you're a liar. Yes, certain aspects of this has hurt. I mean, it, it, it's hurt me in a lot of ways. I mean, like, man, I hug people. You know yeah. what I mean? And it's just like, I still hug people. And yeah. I think it's like, people need hugs. People you're, don't realize. You're, you're, you're a tactile person. Yeah, and I think it's like, you know, like. People need affection amongst each other. Um, 60% of our love. communication is body language and hugging is a part of yeah. nonverbal communication. Absolutely. Like this, I really feel for the kids, right? Like, you know, we run a program here in Detroit, like, dude, they're back in, they're back in, in all remote now. Shit stinks. Not only that, I mean, it's like, shit hurts your eyes. Well, it's not good for your eyes. Um, shit, dude, there's so many stories, just horror stories of like. People not knowing their kids are on their computer in class and they just start and go start molesting their child and just like all this fucked up shit. Or cursing at them or cursing. being abusive in a number yeah. of different ways. And then those are the terrible stories. But then there's the benign stories of like, yo, you know, look, I'm again, I come from humble beginnings, you know, and, and, and you know, we we weren't poor, but we were definitely regular working class. Right. Yeah. And you know, I you know I remember not having a lot, you know, and being embarrassed because you don't want your classmates to know that you don't have a lot, right? Like yeah. you know that you don't have a lot, you yeah. know, and you you kind of feel like, man, you know, I don't want them to see that, you know. Yeah. And you know, before they didn't have to see it; they didn't come into your house. Yeah. But now you're like you're sitting at this fucking laptop in the screen, and people can see. How shitty your house is, you yeah. know, like it's already it's already tough, you know, and people think that's not a big deal, but it is a big deal because when you're that young, that's the like now it doesn't matter because it's 30 some years ago. So who cares? But when you're there, that's the only that shit is like it's tough. Wow. You know, you just yeah. you're just like, man, I, it's just the worst thing ever. Right. But meanwhile, again, it's like I said before. If I say to that kid, like, hey, man, don't worry. You're not going to worry about this 20 years. And he's like, man, fuck you. I'm worried about this shit now. He can't even, he or she can't even think about what they're going to do like when they're 30. They're just like, yeah, I'm 12, 13, 14, and all my classmates can see that we have a shitty-ass house, is dirty, or, 
you know, it's not even dirty. It's just, it's just not nice. Yeah. Or they, they have to see that, you know, I can't use the computer by myself because I got to share it with three other kids, you know, or whatever, right? Like, there's all this stuff that you kind of divulge of yourself, you know, and this is not cool, you no. know, because it, like, you know, like you got to respect how those kids feel. And, and that's the thing I think about a lot, right? Because we're kind of invading their home. There's really no separation anymore. Parents are tripping, kids are tripping. It's tough, man, you know, and and just, you know, again, when I think about all the money in this country, man, it's like, yo, bro, it, it wouldn't hurt any of these guys to, you know, it, it wouldn't hurt if, if we spent money the right way. Now, look, I think um, that we should be out of all of these wars, you know. Absolutely. Um, I totally agree with the president on that. Um, What's weird, know, too, is like how but, the... But he's, this, is, this, is, this is why... Um, you know, if you, this is why he's not going to be president anymore. Because if you're the president, you serve the military-industrial complex. Yeah, and you I know, it's what it is. I think I think we got some. I think that I, I I'm hoping, and it goes back to what we were talking about on the phone yesterday: mm -hmm. is the dangers of wishful thinking. Right. Because it's not that much different than a victim mentality. Yeah. And I'm hoping that the military actually is like saying no we're tired of this too because mm -hmm. they're they're not the complex they're just mm -hmm. a part of it mm -hmm. but i mean the military mm -hmm. industrial complex has been running shit since eisenhower mm -hmm. and i mean it you know if we can place bets on the you know once biden takes office how mm -hmm. soon it's going to be before we start another conflict in the middle east i mean oh it's coming brother yeah and, and i think so it, and that's it, it is concerning but at the same time it's like you know something that that is empowering is you know mm -hmm. you don't have control over that mm -hmm. and just focus on the things you have control of and i think for kids and there are good situations like there's a guy he was a chef mm -hmm. and i met him and i knew him and he he wanted to work with me and he's like man i could be your salesman i'm like i don't really need help with sales like i need help with shit i don't want to do and it's yeah. like so I, he was doing some stuff for me and helping me out. And it was like, you know, man, th I was trying to get him to understand, like, dude, this ain't going to be a permanent position for you. Mm -hmm. Like, this isn't I'm nowhere close to that. Maybe someday. Right. I could still use you part time or something. This is a way for you to maybe get some cash. But then, you know, his son got accepted into like this um, kind of. Like, his son's smart, so he, he got accepted in this better school, mm -hmm. which he didn't know he was mm -hmm. going to. And then his son also, you know, I think is a kid who probably didn't really fit in in school. So now, for him, he's working from home. His wife just quit her, quit her job and got a different job to work from home. And now his son's at home, and his son's getting school done so much faster. And he's like, look, man, just get your work done. And then, you know, then you can do whatever. So I think there are, like positives you know for working class families that do like each other that if they can all be productive and find some productivity at home it actually makes people a tighter unit no absolutely i think you know I, uh, so again i think um it's it's tough to to you, say to someone who lost a parent a relative yeah a loved one a friend whatever and tell them like, hey man, you know this COVID shit wasn't that bad, man. You <laughs> yeah. know, you, you know, isn't that big of a deal? Yeah, I'm never gonna do that. But no. again, if you think about the grand scheme of things, um, yeah, there there have been people who've been able to navigate it well, you know. And I think yeah. a, a, a friend of mine said something, and he said, um, you know, whatever is happening is a multiplier, right? So like, whatever adversity happens is a multiplier, good or bad. So like. If you're if you have a good unit and something happens, you just get closer together. Yeah. If you have a good if have a, if you have a bad unit and something happens, you just split apart. You know, and that's kind of how I see it. Like same here. There are people, man. Like I, there are some people, man. They, I love seeing them. Their social media posts, right? Because I know it's not going to be something fake, but it's going to be something authentic and it's going to be inspiring and nice, right? It's like, man, that's dope. Like brings a smile to my face like to see people together 
You know, like there's a woman that I follow, you know, like her and her girlfriend, they always bullshit. I'm like, yo, that's dope. Like, you know, they, they really love each other. They, they yeah. have, like, that's dope. Like, I'm happy for her. Yeah, I'm happy I, for them. I, like, that I, makes me, that, like, I love seeing that. You know, there's another absolutely. guy, you know, I see him with his family. There's another dude who posts his family. There's another woman who posts her family. There's another girl who posts her and her, her family. And I'm like, yo, that's dope. Like, that's, that's, as corny as it might sound, that's the shit you're like, man, you know what? Today was kind of whack, but, you know, that's dope. Like, yeah, you know, and 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 people people kind of think like, oh, you know, I'm good. Listen, man, I'm very self-contained, you know, um, to the point where like a lot of people in, in relationships I've been in with women, they're like, I'm standoffish and I'm closed off because I don't really need a lot in that way. You know, I'm good on my own. Not like I don't need anybody, but I'm I'm OK. You know, like I can handle most things. But there's even, you know, everybody needs that affirmation at some point because it's, it's just human. You know, you need some encouragement, man. I don't care, yeah. you know. And I think um, when somebody does that for you or you do that for somebody, that's what gives life meaning, you know. The money, of course you need money, man. Shit, you know, we're sitting here in the office, man. This shit is not free. You know, I'm trying to make money every day. Same. But I never I never take the money over the interests of people that I'm that I that I care about, for of sure. course. But even people I don't care about, like, again, if somebody says to me, like, hey, you know, um, you ordering some food, it's going to cost you $5 because we're going to make sure that families aren't hungry. Hell yeah. Why would you want families hungry? You know what yeah. I mean? And so I think, I think actually these are times, I, I believe that these are times where you, where you can figure out solutions, you know, if there's a, if there's a, a collective will. And the one thing I, I will say is that I don't like about this political landscape we're in now. I don't believe any of those politicians have a collective will about helping us. No. Um, and I think that um, they're more interested in, in, in power. Right? Yeah. And whatever that entails doing. Um, and, you know, going forward, I would hope that would change, but I don't think it will. Yeah, I, I, and don't I think the only change is actually going to happen on the grassroots doing shit like what we're doing. Yeah, I, th I think so, too. I think yeah. it's, you know, I which is actually very collectivist, you know, <laughs> yeah. and, and, and again, um, not a bad thing, you know, because, again, I'm a hyper capitalist, but I don't have a problem. Listen, man, if if this if this next part of the American experiment becomes a thing where we're just all small business owners or or artisanal you know or whatever right we're all just trading and bartering and and That'd buying from each other That'd be hey wonderful. i don't have a problem with that you know my thing i would rather you know like you came here today hey i'd rather spend money with you i have to buy it anyway yeah but you know you're a good dude you know Thank we're you. developing a rapport yeah man why not you know you're helping me i'm helping you and that's what i'm talking about when i say when i talk about in my opinion that's capitalism me too you know it's just yeah. two people saying hey Shit, you got some dope steaks. Shit, I love a good steak, bro. Pull up on me. Here's the money, you know. Oh yeah. well, here's the cash app, right? But yeah, I, you know, I, you know I, I don't, I don't mind either way. And I think it's, um, it's great too because it's like you know, it was refreshing because you know when I was first trying to link with you, mm -hmm. and I was like, hey, I got this stuff, and you're like, oh yeah, oh yeah. give me a pack. I'll, dude, I'll just eat those because you knew what microgreens were. Yeah. And it's like that stuff's coming. I mean, it's like especially in the wintertime, it's like, you know, if you want to eat your vegetables, just get some ground beef and microgreens and it's like make a little fucking salad or whatever. Simple. Put some chicken on it. Yeah, some, yeah. I mean, some you can tuna get something. A, a can of sardines with it and that's good. Oh. I, which I just got turned on to. Sardines are fucking wonderful. Sardines are dope. Yeah, yeah. people don't. Uh, they sleep on sardines. But well, I because we also have a weird, like America's a weird place sometimes, right? Because like we... Yeah, it's funny. We eat the garbage, right? Like our diet is the worst in the world, I think, or yeah. amongst the worst. In the We're world. afraid to eat good food. Yeah, well, <laughs> and we eat like we look down on shit because we don't know it. Yeah, but but see, that's also again, that's also not really true because again, man, it depend depends. Depends on know, the my region. boy, my boy Amir. Shout out to Amir. He always says that America is really like eleven different regions. Yeah. And it really is because, like, when you meet, like, so I was in the Navy, right? 
And one of my guys in the Navy was from Kentucky. Another one of my guys in the Navy was from uh, North Carolina. Another one of my guys in the Navy was Mississippi. These are all different black, white, mixed, mixed bag. Yeah. But the white dudes and the black dudes from the South, right? Yeah. They all ate the same shit. Yeah. And one of the chefs, one of the chefs on the boat was from Philly. He was Muslim. So everybody knew that when he cooked, there was no pork. But his family was from the South, too. So he would make all the dishes that you need pork for with beef. Yeah. And so he had a white dude from, I think, Tennessee or Alabama. Yeah. And they would connect. And, like, we loved when they both cooked. Because, yeah. when, cause like, he was the chef. He was the first. Uh, he was, so we had, a master, we had a master chief, his chief, and then a first class and a second class. The second class was the white dude. First class was the black dude. Yeah. So when they got together and, and did the duo and did the link up, the food was banging because it was like two Southern dudes, right? Yeah. And it was like, that was like my first, like, like seeing like, oh shit, wait. Kind of getting into like American culture that you don't, that the non, on the, the for lack of a better word, on the coast, right? Yeah, yeah. And these dudes, they cook the same shit. Yeah. You know, and when the, when the white homie would cook, Yo, he would cook. Um, so they made like that was the first time I had bis- uh, biscuits and gravy, Some but shit. they cooked it with ground beef instead of ground pork. Yeah, but the shit was still dope. Still tastes good. Yeah, but it, but they both cooked the same shit. So I say all that to say like, black and white people have always lived close together under fucked up circumstances, starting, yeah. and then shit is still fucked up in many ways. But again, you have to decide, right? As an individual, yeah. If you believe that things have gotten better, yeah. And in my opinion, things have gotten better. They just haven't gotten better as fast as they could have. Exactly. And I think that's why I still think that we can improve, right? And it's kind of weird to me because, look, man, I'm a real, you, know, I'm, I'm a realist. Like Same. I see, I'm like, yo, these motherfuckers don't care. But we have to care, meaning the regular people. The regular yeah. people got to get it together, man. We got to decide what we want to do. Because these motherfuckers don't care. Yeah. You know? And that's evident. And I actually think that chaos, the, the chaos of COVID is great for the regular person if they just get their head out their ass and just say, look, man, fuck these motherfuckers. Look, who's around in my community that I can build with? Yeah. If it's a black dude. Let's build. If it's a white dude, let's build. Look, man, if it's a gay dude or a gay woman or a trans, I don't give a fuck. Yeah. You know, I don't. That's why I don't get into all that. Because for me, really, it's about good people. Yeah, it's about values. Good dude, people, if you're not yeah. a good person, man, I'm not fucking with you. Say, man, if you're an ass, like you can only have so many assholes in your Duh, life. No, we got enough of and them in DC, of, man. And they most, fucking us up now. But also, too, like most of the assholes you're going to deal with, you're related to by blood. And it's like, I can't really get rid of them. Yeah. And I, so I only got I'm, a few more slots. So if you bro, want to be an if, asshole, I, if I don't. Exactly. You know, so. Yeah. I, but I and I think that is happening. And we, we are having conversations. And look, there's always going to be tension. Yeah. Because this is a new thing. Um, and it's an ongoing thing. But you got to call it out. Like, yo, obviously, if somebody's racist, I'm on their ass. If somebody's yeah. sexist, I'm not with that either. Because my thing is like, look, man, I'm. I'm not. I'm not trying to. Um, stop anybody from doing what they do. But you're also not going to stop me from doing what I need to do. Right? Yeah. So let's get together and make it happen, you know. And, and that's why I think, you know, what's happening now, as fucked up as it is, a lot of people are starting to work together. You know, they're starting to do shit that me and you would do. Because they like, have yo. to. Yeah, it's like, yo, man. It's and, not, and it's like you start to get more, as they say, intentional with what you're doing. Because, again, I'm looking around. I'm like, yo, I'm not giving these people money, man. Let me I give it to Drew. And then yeah. I say give it, nah, she didn't even know. I'm not spending my money with these people. Yeah. Because I'm not giving anyone anything. You earned that, right? I'd rather spend my money with Drew yeah. and support his business. You know, that's how I really look at it. Like, yo, who am I supporting? It, you know, I don't fuck with Amazon. God bless Jeff Bezos. I don't fuck with Amazon because I'd, I'd rather spend my money with somebody who's a smaller business. Yeah. And I don't need the shit yesterday. That Man, I tell you what, that shit when, you, when we first met, because I'd love to say I don't use Amazon. But I do for my business to cut costs yeah, and stuff. But it's bro. like, and but I'm if I can get it from you, Costco, yeah. I will. I mean, I like Costco a whole lot. I mean, Costco, yeah. you know, I, I disagree with certain things they do. But at the same time, like the CEO isn't overpaid. 
it, it's it's based completely on memberships. It's, yep. it's members yep. oriented. Yeah. They barely make anything on anything they sell. And they have and they're they also make their the money off of the memberships. Those people don't know. Yeah. And they also the largest organic grocery, which another you know, people which a lot of people don't know. They sell more organic groceries than any anybody else. Yo, this is a fact, man. This is a fact. Um, you know, yeah, it's just one of those things. Um you know that that people people don't understand the mechanics of it or or, or the intricacies or whatever the details whatever you want to call it um yeah um but you know at the end of the day it's like when you look at the 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 actual details of that business man you're like damn you know like this is pretty impressive you know and i think um america man america's just a huge fucking country man so like I'll give you an example, right? So we're here in Michigan. Um, I, I've been here now going on four months, right? No, it's been, it's yeah, been going longer on than that, I thought. No, I got here in September, so going on four months. No, going on. Oh, this, this, Sept- uh, this yeah. September, okay. Yeah, yeah I got yeah. it, yeah. So, yeah, going on. For some reason, I thought, for no, some reason I thought four, last yeah. September was oh, when you got here. Oh, no, I got here this September. So good, uh, going on four months. Um, talking to different people, so I'm, you know, we're talking to this guy. He's the CEO of a bank. I'm not gonna name the bank, but um, I never heard of the bank, dude. Come to find out, that shit is like the fifth largest bank in the country. Yeah. And I'm just like, dude, think about how much money there is in this country when, and how big this country is when, me, who I, I mean, I don't know. Obviously, of course, I don't know everything, huh? But I know a little bit. Yeah. And I was like shocked that I didn't know that. You know, like, yo, how come I didn't know that? You know, and it's like shit like that happens all the time. Like, just a random motherfucker be like a billionaire or a millionaire or like own this huge business that you've never heard of. You know, like, there's a supermarket chain out here that we're looking to get some products into. It's called Myers. That shit ain't in New York. Dude, no, but I, I know Myers because I'm from this region. Myers great. Meyer. Right. Myers is like Kentucky, Ohio, Wisconsin, Michigan. I remember when they first Illinois. expanded down here. It yeah, was a they're big like five deal. states. Yeah, it was a big deal. Yeah, they they're five states and they're killing it. Their their know? marketing campaign was they mailed you a VHS tape, which was a big deal because yeah. VHS tapes were expensive. So yeah. then you get the VHS tape, yeah. you put it in, and then you sh- they showed you what your store was going to be. Yeah. Oh, and we're opening these many stores in your city on this day. Yeah, and we all went. And people don't understand. Yeah. So like just for the just for information's sake. The margins in groceries is like 12%, 18%. Yeah. Same as with restaurants. Dude, so if you're making a million dollars, you made 100 grand. Yeah. If you made 10 million, you made a million. Yeah. Because the rest is like overhead, just different costs, you know? And, and again, I'm not saying, look, I don't want anybody to think that I'm saying, you know, you need to hold like a fucking food drive for business people. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying like, we have to start to really talk about business honestly. And yeah. I think a lot of a lot of the issues with business, I think, are because it's the marketing of business as this glamour thing and the focus on these CEOs. And the truth is, man, most of us in business ain't going to make that. Um, most CEOs most, aren't people you really want to get to know. Right. <laughs> yeah, and most CEOs... They're not the people that created the business. No, and, most, and, and here's the thing. Most of those, most of the companies that you know that you do know about or that you do interact with, are small companies. You yeah. Know? So. Um, yeah. For sure. Well, hey yeah. Dutch, we're over an hour. It is the sample hour, so we're at an hour and eight minutes. Man, I'm looking forward to having another one of these talks in a couple of weeks. And yo, let's do it, man. Yeah, man. Always hopefully, a pleasure. This, I think the sound turned out well. I, um, I hope it did, man. Always enjoying the conversation with you, bro. Y- yeah, man. It's a pleasure. I know you got. I got to get back and I got to yeah. sort out grocery stores and you got shit to yes, do sir. too. Yeah. But Hey man, thanks again. And everyone, thanks for tuning in and um, looking forward to doing this again in the next two weeks. Yeah, thanks for having me, bro. Always. Yeah.